Welcome to TikToking. I am your host, Kevin Hughes. And if you are like me and you are in your 30s or older, you probably remember growing up having a favorite radio show. You always listened every day. It always put a smile on your face or it always made you feel good or they had interesting topics. And for me, it was always the KS1075 morning show. I always wanted to hear Larry make his commercials or his parody songs and Kathy and her laugh. And they were just such a joy to listen to. And today I actually got to go down to Larry Ulibarri's house in Denver, Colorado and record this episode in the Yolo Rum Studios and really get to know him as a person. And I can't tell you enough. He did not disappoint. He was so funny. He was so welcoming And he was really just a downright cool dude. And, you know, you always want to see that whenever you meet one of your favorite celebrities or people you look up to or hero or whatever. And he definitely checked off all of those boxes and more. So I was hoping that Kathy J could have made it. But unfortunately, she was busy that day. And I hope to have her on the podcast soon. So, Kathy, if you're listening, I would love to have you on the show. But I did get to go down and speak with Larry. It was fantastic. So I'm so excited to have you guys listen to him. And I want you to really sit back on this one and just laugh your ass off. And I promise you will because you'll hear my annoying laugh in the background. I did the entire conversation. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of TikToking with Kevin Hughes and my guest, Colorado radio legend, Larry Uliberry. Enjoy. Tick-tocking, tick-tocking, where creators come to play. Tick-tocking, tick-tocking, find out what they have to say. Tick-tocking, tick-tocking, fascinating interview. Tick-tocking, tick-tocking, tick-tocking with Kevin Hughes. Hey, welcome to TikToking. I'm your host, Kevin Hughes, and I am here at the Yolo Rome Studios in Denver, Colorado, with the one and only Larry Uliberry. Larry, how you doing? <laughs> I come with my own air horn. Um, I'm good, man. I'm really good. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate you wanting to be on it, man. This is uh, an absolute pleasure. I've been a huge fan for a very long time. I can't even tell you how long I've been listening when, when it was you, Kathy, and Kendall. Kendall. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I've been in the market for a while. Sometimes like people will come up and be like, Oh, I listened to this show before that show, which was Eric. Um, but no, it was uh, Rick and Larry and Jennifer, uh, yep. which was the show before that. But yeah, yeah. And then there was a show before that and a show before that. So I've been in the business quite a bit. Um, and it's funny, too, because like when you're when I was in radio early, it was just like, you know, oh, meeting people, listeners. But, you know, now that I've been in it so long, I will get people that come up that are full blown grown adults and be like, I'll listen to you when I was a baby. And I was like, yay, that makes me feel great. <laughs> no, but it doesn't make me feel good, but I mean, it makes you feel old. But, you know, it's like, it's a great uh, thing because, you know, when people come up and they say stuff like that, it's always good. It's always like for the good. They have fond memories of the show or they listen to me growing up or they like, it's never in a negative way. So, yeah, I just embrace it. And, um, you know, it's just kind of... Um, it's rare for somebody in radio to stay in one market their whole career. Usually they have to jump around before they can get to mornings. So I kind of started in mornings in Denver and never left. So yeah, it's kind of been unique in that way, but I definitely love Colorado. Uh, we, Kathy and I had <clears throat> talked about different offers that we'd had from, from other cities, um, but it was never enough to leave our home base. And it was like, you know, kind of this is where we're known. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've never been fearful of going to another city and starting over, but, you know, we kind of like all of our families here and everything. So we're kind of spoiled in that sense. But uh, yeah, um, been around. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a Colorado native. And when I posted on my Facebook that I was going to have you on the podcast, my comments and every, oh, my nice. feed blew up and everybody okay. wants to know your story and okay. how you've been and, yeah. and what you're up to yeah yeah um well kathy and i are doing our own podcast which um is on on uh apple itunes and it's on um spotify as well but you if you follow us on social we post all the time the latest episode so yeah kathy and i are doing that now um 
Uh, it's just radio is really weird right now. It's kind of like, you know, the uh, COVID kind of 2020 turned everything upside down, especially in media and advertising and stuff. It was just like uh, radio was kind of had its challenges before it before that happened with, you know, like all these other competing uh, podcasts and uh, XM and people just putting their own playlists together. So it's kind of like radio has never faced more competition for ears. And so it was kind of like in a weird position before COVID and now even more weird now uh, to the point. And when I say weird, it's like kind of like, um, you know, like basically there are some jobs out there, but they're really not paying very well. And the contracts they're offering now are terrible. So it's kind of like, you know, when we had Tony on the other day, we're all reminiscing what radio contracts used to look like and in the heyday of radio and how we were killing it. So it's very different now. So, you know, I'm, I'm in a situation where I could kind of like be picky and maybe wait for the right opportunity and wait for the right uh, thing for Kathy and I. So until then, we're just going to continue to do our podcast and then do the video version of it and uh, team up with some other people. So that news is forthcoming. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, like I started in radio when I was um, a teenager. I would call the radio station and request a song just like all the other kids. And then um, I started to notice that the uh, DJ was um, more apt to play your request if your call was different or you could tell the guy was trolling for content. You know, he's like, who's this? Where are you calling from? And good DJs, you know, put listeners on. So um, I did a couple voices. And so I would do a voice and I'd be like, hey, this is Michael Jackson. And they'd be like, hey, Michael, how are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm just playing with my monkey bubbles and... Um, can you play my new song? And they'd be like, sure, Michael. And we'd have this little funny bit and then I would hang up and then I would listen to the radio and they'd play that back and then they'd play the song that I requested. So it was kind of me like cheating, getting my songs played. So I'd, uh, I would be able to tell my friends, oh, I can get a song play, watch. <laughs> so then I'd call up and do a voice. And, uh, then after a while, the, the DJs were like, oh, oh, how do we, uh, get a hold of you? And I gave them my home number. That's when people had home numbers. And... So they would call, uh, the morning guy started calling me every morning, like, and he was like, hey, what do, you, what do you got? And like, so I was getting up before school, looking through the newspaper. Yes, there used to be newspapers. <laughs> what? And I would look through the newspaper at the top stories, and then I'm coupled with a couple of ideas, and I would literally just do bits from my house and uh, before school, and then sometimes I'd literally be live on the radio, and my mom would hang up the phone. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she's like, you got to go to school. I'm not taking you to school. So I'd literally have to go. And the DJ was like, hey, what happened? I was like, oh, I had to go to school. My mom got pissed. He's like, you can't bail while we're live on the radio. And I was like, I'm sorry, man. So then after he kept calling, my mom was like, hey, um, don't call back until you can pay him. And then so my mom was kind of like my first momager, manager. And uh, she, they came through and started paying me every time I was on the radio. Man, that's awesome. So what, what year was that when uh, you got into radio? Oh, God. See, now you're trying to date me. <laughs> I'm trying to th- cut the tree and count all the rings. Um, You know, I don't even really remember. Um, I'm terrible with dates and almost kind of like by on purpose because I figure if I don't know the date, then I'm kind of like naive to what age I am and what era I'm in. Um, But uh, I'd have to do the math on that. But sure. I mean, it was definitely like, you know... It was like uh, probably 11th grade for me and um, maybe like before that and then a little bit after that. Then when I started getting, having to go get jobs, uh, the radio guy would call and he'd be like, hey, can you do this, that, the other? And I'm like, no, I got a job. And so then he was like, oh man, we got to get this kid in here. The producer that the morning guy had at the time was really not producing much of anything. So I really had an opportunity to shine there just because there was nobody bringing any content to that show but the main guy and so um i remember the girl that was the producer there was just not a fan of me she tried to run me off you know tell me that nobody at the station liked me and stuff like that (laughs) so uh they got rid of her and i got her job and yeah so i've been doing that on the same frequency by the way for like a really long time so i've been on 107.5 probably 95 percent of my career okay um, so that was a different couple stations. It was a mixed station at one point. For five seconds, it was called K Hits. And then we acquired KS 104, 
um, through an LMA and eventually just took the KS and put it on 107.5 and that's that. Yeah, I remember that. I, I used to listen to uh, KS 104 right. and one day I, I flipped onto that channel on, I can't remember right. what year, but uh, I was like, it's what, what is this? It's gone. Right, you right, know? right. For sure. And it, it's crazy because... Um, you know, we acquired it, and then we there's a couple employees still hanging out over there that we brought over, one of them being Tony V. Mm-hmm. And then so, you know, we became friends after that really tight. And um, But, yeah, um, that's how KS1075 came about. And then just different variations of morning shows. Um, they always ended up keeping me, you know, when the morning show would, like, get fired, they'd be like, well, we're going to keep you. And then so I would see morning hosts come and go, and uh, one of them was like, hey, we got to get out of here. And he wanted me to dip out with him and break my contract. But he didn't, we didn't have a gig. He wasn't offering me a job. So at that point, the station was like, hey, we'll give you the show. It's your show. And we'll pay you more. And we'll let you pick your partners and stuff like that. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So that's when we started um, with Kendall and Kathy. Kendall was supposed to be uh, just a temporary until we could find somebody that I felt like was more like who I'd want to work with. Mm-hmm. It's funny because we had flown in a couple different guys and they were just, they were all right. They were cool, but they were just like either too similar to me or like, I, I don't know. They, they, the, what we didn't realize at the time was that since Kendall was so different than me, it was perfect because half the game in radio is getting people to know who you are. And so when I did morning shows with other guys, People would always be like, oh, which one's Rick? Which one's Larry? Which one's Eric? Which one's Larry? They couldn't tell which was which because uh-huh. of similar opinions, maybe similar voices. But once Kendall was in there, <laughs> they knew right away that that was Kendall, the Christian brother, and I was the other guy. And even though that was the case, we'd meet people still, and they'd be like, wait, you're you're white? They would tell me, you're white? And I'm like, what? what, what? And they're like, oh, I thought... Larry was black and Kendall was white. And I was like, no, I'm Hispanic, but Kendall's black. And so people would be like, huh? Uh, so, yeah, there was a little confusion there. So you and Kathy, you were friends long before you were on the radio together, right? Yeah, um, it's crazy. That's another crazy story. Um, yeah, I was working radio. Um, I met my husband, Chris. He was working at in the research department at KYGO. And we met and started dating and then he was telling me about his friend that he used to, his high school girlfriend, Kathy, and this, that, the other. And I met her a couple times over the phone. And I was like, oh, you have a really good laugh. And she's like, yay, thanks. She's like, give me a job. But we laughed. <laughs> so then um, we all became friends super close. And she had been trying to get into radio. She did an internship for KYGO. She blew it. She was a terrible intern because she always wanted to hang out with us and go hang out with whatever we did. So she uh, eventually went to like a regular job and then we, Rick and I had, we're going to find a new partner because the girl that we were working with went back to California. So we tried a couple different local girls. We tried out Kathy. She had really good energy. She was really fun. Good laugh. But she had too much nerves and she couldn't read on the air. She couldn't get out any copy or like, read, you know, she couldn't like hold a feature so it was kind of like annoying because you're like, okay, can you maybe get better? <laughs> and then it was like um, we auditioned this other girl, Jennifer, who had had tons of radio experience, came in and just killed the audition. And it was just so obvious. And so we went with Jennifer and Kathy was like so upset. And then Kathy started to work for UPS. So she had to drive like every morning listening to us. Oh, wow. Her, the girl that um, beat her on the audition. So anyway... Um, by the end of that show, um, Rick and Jennifer were let go at the same time, and that's when they had made me the offer of uh, getting my own show together. So then I was like, okay, you get a second shot at this. You know, let's see how you do. And again, she came in with a great personality, good intentions, still terrible, reading on the air, all nervous. So um, we put her in there temporarily while we started to continue our search for the guy that I was going to work across from. And then, you know, they were there long enough to where it all just started to work, you know? And it was like, uh, we were, I was able to, you know, Kendall could take a joke if I did his voice. And Kathy was like, we would make fun of the fact that she couldn't read on the air. So, 
Um, it just started working right away. And I mean, like, uh, it was just, then we just started having fun, you know? And so Kathy's, you know, just real good, um, just to have fun with. And Kendall was in on it. And so, yeah, that's kind of like how she kind of got her start. And uh, we, it, it's, first of all, it's very rare that a morning show would stay together as long as the three of us did. Mm-hmm. Something like 15 years. And that's rare. Just like, that's like kind of unheard of. But then... Um, for Kathy and I to continue to work together after Kendall left went to California, that was a byproduct of the fact that we are friends beyond the show. So, like, with Chris and her being, like, best friends from high school, former lovers, um, and, you know, with him knowing her family, her family knowing his family, and then her knowing all my family, and so it all kind of, like... It works in the sense that, like, Kathy and I know we could never fully go off on each other because we have too many connections. Right. You know what I mean? And the thing is, so we kind of, like, just have a brotherly-sister relationship, which is cool. And uh, I really, um, I do love her. She's awesome. But like a sister, she could totally get on my nerves. And so, like, I tease her all the time. Um, There's two things in particular that I'll be teasing her about today when we record our podcast She's got this thing where, oh yeah, we she brought the girls over and we were making we were going to record podcasts. She had her daughters with her, and um, I had some fake chicken nuggets in the oven, and um, they're pretty good. They're like, but they're fake, and so and I made enough because I know the girls were coming over. So just out of nowhere, Kathy goes and keep in mind we've been friends for a million years. Um, she's at home at my house. I'm at home at her house. Same thing, but out of nowhere she goes. Do you want me and the girls to stand outside while you eat your nuggets? <laughs> and I went, what? And Chris looked at me and I was like, what? And she's like, oh, I don't know. I just... And I was like, you're so weird. And then I just started putting the nuggets out for everybody. So I was just like, she does things like that. Like, all of a sudden, like, you you know, I've known her for my whole life. And then one day she'll act like... I've never met you. Who are you? <laughs> like some days she would show up to the radio and I swear to God, it was like her first day in radio. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, huh? So yeah, so brother-sister relationship like that. And then the other thing she did was there was a um, uh, Chris, his mom uh, basically was a hoarder and uh, they've been unpacking boxes after boxes um, since she passed. Of You know, she just left a bunch of stuff. So Chris keeps unearthing all this like, vintage stuff really cool stuff she had collected over their lifetime and one of them was a a model kit for a car uh-huh. and it was um kind of a racer car but it was like an old car whatever it, but it was still shrink wrapped in the package so i was like oh wow this is cool i was like can i have this and he's like no he's like i'm gonna sell it because it was like worth 130 bucks sure so i was like and i don't build model cars but i just thought it was cool so then all of a sudden, Kathy came over, recorded a podcast, left, always leaves something behind, left her cell phone, had to come back in. And she comes in, and I was like, she goes, I think I have my cell phone. I was like, oh, okay. So she grabs her phone and then grabs that model car and then leaves. And I was like, huh, that's weird. I was like, Chris wouldn't give me that, but he gave it to her. So then I was like, so did you give Kathy that model car? And he's like, no. And I was like, oh, my God, she's such a klepto. <laughs> so, like, he calls her, and he's like, did you take that car? And she's like, yeah, wasn't I supposed to? And he was like, no. So, yeah, there's two things I'll be confronting Kathy on. Kleptomania and eating the chicken nuggets outside. So I guess the point of that is Kathy can really be weird sometimes. And I call her out for it because I'm allowed to because I'm her brother. Um, But uh, to wrap up the Kathy question, um, yeah, she's great. (laughs) I do love her. I mean, like. We, you know, like there has been times where it's been more sibling than, you know, DJ friends uh, where like, you know, especially when we first got Wiggins because he and I like just had a total clicked and bromance and she was always trying to like fit in and be hang with us. And, you know, it was just funny because um, she we butt dialed her one time after we were all hanging out around 419 in uh-huh. the car. And so she she had said some dumb stuff in in that thing when we said that she just brought up some like I guess the long of it is Kathy probably shouldn't smoke pot but she does <laughs> anyway so she said some really stupid stuff so once she left the car I guess I butt dialed her and Wiggins and I were just like oh that was so dumb that she said that doesn't make any sense blah blah, blah. 
She heard the whole thing. She was mad at us for like months. Oh, man. Oh, she was so mad. Like, if you bring it up, she's just... Mm. But, like, I'm just like, you talk shit about me to all your friends. I was like, you just never got caught. <laughs> but whatever. You guys have always had a unique uh, connection with each other. And right. I- I'm going to tell you, I I was blown away. And I think everybody was um, back when you guys would talk. And it almost seemed like you guys were in the relationship. Kind of, yeah. It, it wasn't. You know what? That was kind of like, that was before I was officially out. Right. And the thing is. Like, during that whole time I was on the radio, I thought I was being pretty obvious about certain things. Like, not a lot of straight men would go on and on about Ryan Phillippe like I do. Or, like, you know, like, if there was, like, a certain, like, it guy, I, like, I'd just be talking about him all the time or whatever. Or flirt with the male caller or whatever. So I really didn't think it was going to be that crazy for when I came out. So when I came out, there was, like, a ton of people that were like, what? You're gay? What? So I think part of that was because... um First of all, during the show, Kendall never held up any of the heterosexual side. Like, he never said, oh, my God, look at that girl's tits. Right. You know, he never said, oh, my God, vagina's the best. He never said anything like that. So I felt for the audience, there's nobody with that voice. So I figured, you know, I wasn't out. So I'm going to finesse that side. I'm going to say, ooh, Katy Perry looks hot. You know what I mean? Just so that voice is represented because it wasn't coming out of Kendall naturally. So then I think that a lot of times when Kathy and I would talk about relationship stuff and couples um, on the show, she would take the girl's side and I would take the guy's side. So a lot of it kind of sounded like that, like, you know, where, you know, it just kind of had that sound to it. So it was like, yeah, I mean, like, I I feel like I I don't want to say I was being disingenuous because, I mean, like, again, I really like when, when I when people would say you're gay, I was like. Duh. I was like, you didn't figure that out. And so, and the other thing that is when I came out officially, um, it was like, I, I thought I was going to get some like haters and some negative people. So I was prepared for that. But like, I swear to God, like 99.9% of all the messages and emails and texts that I got was all supportive, nothing but love. The only one negative thing, and it wasn't even that negative was somebody said they were going to pray for me. So I was like, if that's the worst thing that came out of this, somebody thinks they're gonna, you know, pray for me. Fine, right? So it was like it, it, it was at that point. Then I was like, okay, I can now talk about because you know, even before I was talking about Chris, mm-hmm. my husband in the relationship, and we were toying with that like for the longest time because we laughed because it's like an ambiguous name. Yeah. So we'd be like, oh, Chris, this, Chris, that, and so sometimes I'd slip and say he and that, and so. As we were approaching me coming out, I was definitely like talking about, I was slipping up all the time. So, yeah, I mean, it was, and then it just added a whole different element that the fact that Kathy and Chris had dated in high school, they were high school sweethearts. So it was just funny because I was like, ew, gross, we've shared a man. And then <laughs> later on, like, uh, there was a brief period where Chris and I broke up and I saw a couple other guys. One of those, and then Chris and I got back together. But I was still friends with one of those guys. And then she started flirting with him. And I was like, seriously, you want to share another guy? <laughs> so I was like, I was like, uh, and I, to this day I teased her. I was like, I'm going to sleep with your husband because you slept with mine. <laughs> so she's like, go ahead. I don't want it. Um, she hates male genitalia. Well, and so I, she says. And I think that if, if I remember when you guys would talk about Chris, I guess I took it as you were referring to her significant other or person she was dating at the time and then right. when when i heard that it was actually your husband i was surprised but then i was like oh wait this all makes it fucking makes sense, sense. <laughs> now right you're like okay because this ah and then what was interesting was that like kendall was kind of like you know when we first started he was single and then he met his girl and she came out here so it was kind of funny because there was still even after he got with his wife there was still no good representation for the average American Coloradan man or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause Kendall's so different, you know, he's like, hmm. um, so yeah, I mean like, so I think that even after I came out, I was still aware of the fact that that man needed to be represented on the show. So we just like, you know, put a lot of guy callers on or whatever, but it was just, um, yeah, it's, it's fun because I had so much love and support when I came out that it was awesome. The whole Kendall thing, it's funny because you guys were so different, but I think that's really what made the show. Right. Because... You had a nice little 
Christian guy, right, who was holding that line, and then he, yeah, the, what really made it work is that Kendall could take a joke. Yeah, and you could almost feel him blushing through uh-huh. the radio, oh, you know, sure. because you would say something, and he would just go silent, and uh-huh. you're like, okay, that that hit him yeah. wrong, or that that he didn't know how to answer that or to respond to that, right? For sure, because sometimes I would literally be going to him for, you know, the lady part that's called the, and he's like, hmm, no, don't know it, you know, you know, the lady part on the, well, nope. So, yeah, that was kind of funny. He's all, me and my wife, you know. Yeah, it's like, we just sit and watch TV. We, we light the candles <laughs> in, let, you know. Right. No, that was uh, part of the big tease, too, because, you know, she was, like, obviously, like, more of the aggressor as far as, you know, they're, they're concerned. And I remember the movie Norbit came out, and <laughs> we went to that premiere, and it was like, I swear to God, I was like, they... Kendall could sue these people for stealing his story. Oh, my God. Because I was like, oh, my God. That's like... And then I kept... We were laughing so hard that I kept trying to creep to see if they were laughing. So I was like, I sure hope they think that this is funny because I'm dying. And so, yeah, like, she she definitely was like, um, what's your name, Norbert? Then hold my hand. Or she's like, you got a girlfriend, Norbert? He's like, no. She's like, well, you do now. So, yeah, we... Um, that probably wasn't the best for my relationship with his wife because she kind of like uh, toward the end was like not a big fan of us but um yeah like it was just again we we lasted a really long time for being uh, a show where you know usually com- some people can only make it a couple years with a partner and then there's other people that can make a go of it like the strange thing about us was especially initially before Kendall got all wifeyed up um, we were all friends. Like, we would hang out after. Like, and to this day, you know, like, Kathy, we go on vacations together, and I watch her kids, or she watches my dog. So it's weird that not only do you have this longevity of this work relationship, but we're also friends behind it. So we see each other all the time, and, I mean, that's just rare. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny. <laughs> what a weird coincidence. We actually watched Norbit this morning. My, <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> yeah. My four-year-old daughter, like... <laughs> She, she's just like me uh, and every morning daddy can we watch norbit can we watch norbit and dude, so you it's, a, it's the best movie yeah and then you bring it up and then i'm picturing back when i'd listen to you guys i'm like holy shit it <laughs> is, is candle right no, no, dude. it was it was like the the little nerdy black guy and it's funny too because um Eddie Murphy slayed on nutty professor nobody i mean nobody's ever done as well as he's done oh, yeah. multiple characters so when Charlie Murphy like wrote Norbit, I was just like, oh, awesome. Another opportunity for Eddie Murphy to be Eddie Murphy. And I, I think that movie like had mixed reaction when it came out. Like there was a lot of people that like, oh, that movie sucks or whatever. And it didn't do as well as like Nutty Professor. But the thing is, it's like it's still Eddie Murphy at yeah. his best with a, a amazing supporting cast of you know amazing actors. And uh, so... That movie, to, I think it's a cult classic because I think everybody still watches it. Everybody oh, yeah. knows when she's like putting a salt shaker on her pizza. Where he at? <laughs> he with that fine bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, that movie is highly quotable. Yeah, he's genius in what he does, and even so, you know, Nutty Professor, he he played his whole family, and in Norbit, the. Him playing the Asian foster dad <laughs> right. was so good, man. Because you know you'd only really seen him play other african-american characters right and now we're in the the era of it's offensive to do other people exactly and so it's kind of weird to see because like you know there's cancel culture out there and but i don't think you can cancel eddie murphy you know what i mean unless if he like came out and was like completely way off the charts or something but it's kind of like um i think that african-american people because they've had to face blackface and all that stuff, they kind of have a pass in the sense that where the Waynes brothers can do white chicks too and nobody's going to care. Right. Nobody's going to say anything, even though you couldn't get two black actors to play, I mean, two white actors to play black chicks. Right. That would not happen. Exactly. So we're, it's kind of weird. I mean, because they're probably going to get a little heat uh, for doing it that way too. You know what I mean? But it's kind of like, I still want to see Eddie Murphy do characters. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know if the Asian guy was that much of a like I don't remember protests or anything like that. I m- remember Robert Downey Jr. did a black did blackface in 
Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. And got a pass. You know what I mean? It's just, it's almost like, how popular are you? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, and then now we're in the era of, if you said the wrong thing on Twitter 10 years ago, you could be canceled. Right. You know what I mean? So it's just a weird space. It is a weird time. I'm hoping the pendulum swings back the other way. But, you know, there's some things that will always, you know, kind of just stay. And I think that, you know, it's it's good to uh, acknowledge these things, but it's very different when it comes to comedy because, you know, do you want your comedians censored like that? Are they not allowed to say some crazy thing? Like, it's kind of like the rappers now. I feel like, would Eminem have made it in today's climate? You know what I mean? Like, and, and I, like, uh, you know, he's said so many gay slurs and, you know, um, said the N word and this, that, the other. And it's kind of like, I mean, he's kind of like on the other side of like the peak of his career. So I think that people aren't focused on him, but it's like, it's just weird to live in a world that's like that. And even when like Trump was uh, president, it was weird to have a president that was like openly racist, but then like some stranger could call somebody something, get videotaped on their phone and lose their job where they live, everything. So right. we, it was just this weird world that we lived in. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of still that way to a certain degree. It is. And I, I don't understand it because I think sense of humor and, and comedy is, is the way of life, getting a laugh and it shouldn't matter if if it's a joke about a white person, a black person, an Asian person, because in the end, it's just for fun. Right. You want a comedian. You've seen those comedians that are able to do that. But now I hear, I'm hearing from comedians, even like uh, David Spade said, he doesn't do anything anywhere near controversial in his shows because he doesn't want the heat. Like right. In other words, like, uh, and then there's like some comedians that are going to fight that. You know what I mean? So it's like... It's just, it's weird. It's a weird climate because you're right. Comedy is supposed to be the safe space where, you know, you can say certain things and, you know, maybe like certain comedians can get away with it. Like Dave Chappelle can pretty much say anything he wants. Right. Um, but I bet there's a lot of white comedians that are rewriting their shit and, you know, kind of like rearranging it or maybe rethinking how they're doing it. But I don't know. I mean, it's it's kind of like the voiceover actor thing. It's like, oh, uh, we need a black guy to play Cleveland because that's not cool. You took a job from a black person. So then they found a guy that sounded just like the last guy. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, I, I spent my career doing voices of all characters and race and everything. So like, am I not supposed to do Morgan Freeman? You know, because <laughs> I'm not black. But see, I still do Morgan Freeman. So I don't know, am I doing black voice? You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, should Larry reserve his Morgan Freeman for Jay Farrow, who doesn't do as good a Morgan Freeman? <laughs> because we, I had Jay Farrow on, and we were both doing, he's like, your Morgan Freeman's better. I was like, oh, stop. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, uh, I, 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 you know, I'm, I still kind of want to continue doing the voices that I do, but it's like, you know, I, I guess Michael Jackson's safe because, A, he's dead and he was black but went to white. Right. So it's right. like, who am I offending? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think, honestly, if you were a stand-up comedian or actor from before 2000, you know, the, the, the Richard Pryor, the Eddie Murphy, the you have that hall pass. You, right. You, you get away with it. Right. But if you're starting out now oh, and you yeah. try to pull some of the things off that they did, oh, yeah. it's not happening. You're you're out, you know, and it's I, I sit back and I wonder, I'm like, why why is that? And and I let's be real, it's social media. Well, it, it really is. It's cancel culture, it's social media, but it's also kind of like, you know, it, it, there is some legitimacy to, you know, putting um having somebody be a stereotype or Something like that. Like, in other words, I get the offensiveness of why the people at um, Dr. Seuss that write those, you know, that whole company that runs those, they're the ones who decided to pull some of those things because of the Asian references and stuff like that that w just really stood out. And a lot of people got mad like, oh, they're canceling Dr. Seuss. It's like Dr. Seuss canceled Dr. Seuss. They picked what they thought was dated and out of reference. So I get that. Like, I totally get how Asians must feel. Or even the guy that was like the, um, Hank Azaria who did Apu. Mm -hmm. And he initially was like, oh, calm down. It's just me doing a voice. And 
he didn't realize it until way later after the fact that after he was approached by a bunch of Indian kids who grew up here or wherever, and they were um, pigeonholed as that. So like a lot of Indian kids were like, oh, hello, Apu, welcome, come again. <laughs> yeah. So he realized, okay, maybe that wasn't cool. So I think Hank Azaria was eventually convinced that he maybe it caused more harm than good. Um, but then, you know, it's all up for debate. Like, it's a, it's a animated show. Now, you know, so who, are we voicing everybody by their race? Because, you know, there's a lot of shows out there where, like on Bob's Burgers, two of the women are voiced by men. Mm-hmm. Is that like, okay, we got to get rid of them now because they took jobs away from men. You know what I mean? So it's like, where do you stop? Where And, and if you talk about, like, people that push the line every time, it's got to be the guys on South Park. Oh, and, yeah. Right? They have no... <laughs> Uh, you know, they're brave and they have, they've made enough money to ward off like, you know, some sort of buddy trying to cancel them. It's kind of like when I watch American dad or family guy, like, I'm like, damn, like they really had sent some really way out of line stuff. Oh yeah. And so I, I, I've always been thinking in my head, you know, cause if I said something that was even like somewhat offensive, or whatever, um, my program director would have to handle it and figure out, Oh, what did you say? Is it really that bad? Can I talk this person, this complaint off the ledge or whatever? But I can't even imagine the calls and letters they get. Oh, yeah. With the pedophile jokes and this, that, the other. So I'm I'm to the point where I think that they must be just like, like if you call and complain or something, maybe there's not even a place to call. But maybe you write Fox a letter and you're like, this is way over the line. Those letters must go in a pile of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like maybe there's somebody there to help talk the person down and say, Hey, we're really sorry that offended you. Um, we'll let them know or something like that. But, you know, they they get so big, they have these walls built around them so they can be creative and not have to worry about all the complaints coming in. Because I've also had bosses where that weren't good program directors that would literally tell me about every complaint. So I'm like, that's kind of like your job to handle so I can do the morning show. Right. Like They're like, I had a couple of program directors like, hey, this person called and complained about that. I'm all okay, what do you want me to do? And it's like, well, I don't know. And it's like, whoa, you suck at your job. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of like the management's uh, job to protect the talent so they can continue to do it. And let's have, the, you know, I said something way over the line, which I've never really had to ever go on the air and do a, you know, hold my hand in my hat and really apologize because, like, I've said a couple little things here that we were able to figure out and uh, maybe apologize to that person or whatever, but... I remember working with the girl that was from California and she had said something um, that was kind of out of line. It was about OJ Simpson. And she's like, oh, that guy deserves to be lynched. And even though half the country viewed him as a murderer, that word in association with a black person coming from a white woman was not cool. Right. And so she had to apologize, justifiably so. And, um, and that was before, like, it was, like, you know, really crazy. But it was, like, so, yeah, there, I've never actually, like, you know, said anything that crazy where it was, like, whoa. But you traverse those as you've been in radio for a while. You kind of, like, you know where to go, what's going to press buttons, what to avoid. You know what I mean? Well, so, and I, I think that even in the last 10 to 15 years, it's changed so much because, like you were saying, someone can call in a complaint or they can write a letter well, now they don't need to do that. They post something up on their Facebook or their, you know, Instagram or Twitter. Starts getting, starts and, getting traction. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's it's no longer okay. I just complained to the station. Now you just let everybody know that follows these right. this this show or whatever it is that okay, this guy said this and we hate him now or we right. hate her and for sure. And if it's really egregious and it's really racist or it's really out of line, I get it. But a lot of times it's not. It's just like one person being offended by something. You know, it's kind of like uh, it comes with the territory. I'm sure like SNL gets complaints all the time. You know, it just comes with the territory. You're going to offend people. You're going to hurt people's feelings. And, you know, like I, I remember one time I did um, I did something that made me stop. And I, I didn't do it from that point on. But my, my thing has always been like I, I can replicate voices and whatever. So I was on the air and I was... Um, I was talking like a hearing impaired person. Mm-hmm. And I, um, so I had done the voice and then some lady had called and said that 
um, her son was in the car with her and he's hearing impaired and he was like, mom, is that how I sound? And she was really upset. And, you know, initially when we get a complaint, I'm usually like, wait a minute, you know, ready to defend myself. But then I felt like, eh, maybe that was over the line. You know, I definitely hurt that kid's feelings and then I made it up to him. You know what I mean? But I thought stupidly, like I could make uh, hearing impaired jokes and nobody would hear it because mm-hmm. they're hearing impaired. Right. But he, this kid could hear a little bit. And so, yeah, so that was like the one thing where I kind of felt like I don't need to go there anymore. Sure. You know what I mean? Even though that was part of like one of my like voices, you know what I mean? But then it's kind of like we live in the era like, okay, well, do you really want to be doing your Asian voice anymore? You know what I mean? It's like things have gone past a certain point where you look at like even movies and TV shows that are older and you're like, whoa, they really got away with that? You right. know what I mean? You're like, that's crazy talk. So things subtly change over time or dramatically. Um, and I've listened to like old shows of ours and I was like, whoa, we really got away with a lot of like, you know, sexually charged t- content or whatever. And yeah, I mean, I, I think that was part of our appeal. We were kind of like the popular show, but a little naughty. Mm-hmm. So I think that was always kind of like something that, you know, like certain salespeople would have to like, let people know, like, oh, hey, you know, they're a little controversial. They kind of push some buttons or whatever, but it's all good because they're number one and whatever. So, yeah, we try to, you know, never get too crazy with it. Okay, yeah, and so I was an intern for um, a radio station. I, I wanted to be on the radio um, back in the day, and I, I'm obviously n- not professional like you are at this, but so far with what I've been doing here, my favorite part has been meeting new people, uh, having conversations with people I've never met and getting to know somebody. Uh, so I'm kind of curious what, what's your favorite part about radio? Like what's your favorite part about doing it and being on it? Is it just, uh, being able to have your own show and kind of go with it? Or is it kind of like me meeting new people? And, um, to me, it's just being part of people's routine in the morning and making their day better. Uh, like, I think that was like our thing. People could be in a bad mood or be going through something and turn on our show and just, you know, enjoy their ride to work, get to work in a better mood than they left their house. And, you know, we've, we've heard from people all the time that were like, Oh man, I I had to go through chemo every morning. I listened to you guys and it totally helped that you guys made me laugh. So that to me is the main thing was just being able to make people laugh Okay. That's like my main thing. And even through the podcast and, you know, just putting the effort behind it and stuff. It's like, I feel like, um, like all, all the other stuff was great. Like all, all the things like, you know, when we, like I've been able to like interview and meet a ton of celebrities, like all the way from Barack Obama to Janet Jackson, to Eminem, to everybody, you know what I mean? Like to meet all those people is great, but to, you know, have moments um, with them on the air is really fun. And to be able to, you know, um, interact with people that I respect, like uh, artists that I really liked, you know, Snoop and all those yeah. guys. And being able to have, like, interaction with them in a off-air way is really fun. I like that a lot. Um, and then I would say that the opportunity that the show gave us in the sense of, you know, going to premieres or going to Universal Studios every year and being able to go when Disney is opening something and be able to go as media. And that's always, a, you know, an amazing thing. Just, you know, like, um, I guess, I don't know. I mean, like the pay uh, was amazing in the sense that, like I would say before, even before COVID or whatever, there was like still a few radio contracts that were still good out there. But now the way radio is, if you're making money in radio, you got a big target on your back. And uh, because these, you know, when we were owned by Lincoln Financial Investment Company, they had ended up owning a couple TV and radio stations when they acquired um, a company that we were owned by. So these people like had kept up what the station needed to, what they needed to spend to operate the stations because when they found the stations, they were like, hey, these are really profitable because we owned KYGO, we owned the fan, KS1075. So at that point, we were basically living in a, like a really cool little protective bubble. We, you know, like we had Tony on recently, we talked about it, 
But it was like, this wasn't a radio company. So then when ever, all the stations got blown up and parceled out to different radio companies, uh, KS-175 was purchased by Intercom CBS, and they saw our contracts, and they were like, whoa. <laughs> they were like, yeah, this ain't going to be anywhere near how we operate. So they were like, you know, right away, they were kind of just like, wow, you guys are kind of really spoiled compared to how radio companies are run today. Mm -hmm. And so in the, the contracts today are terrible, and uh, the companies are just super cheap. Um, after uh, COVID, like, uh, I'll give you an example. You know, a DJ, a morning show DJ is used to making appearances. So you usually show up at a place, and there's a promotions team that got everything set up, and then you have, like, you know, um, a whole crew. Uh, and so now... Radio is in a state where they, because of COVID, they got rid of all their promotions departments. No radio station has a promotions department anymore. And then they figured, well, hey, we can still operate and we're going to do it without a promotions department. So now the DJ has to go set up his own tent, put the speakers out, put the box where people register, and then be the DJ at the same time. Oh, wow. Right. So that's kind of new for people that are working in radio. And they're also, um, KS1075 doesn't have a program director anymore. Usually there would be like a local guy that's like helping book the concerts and letting, seeing how the music works and does that song work in Denver? Is that the station's never playing it? Now there's no program director for KS175. So it's just this constant chipping away because that's just, you know, the state of radio. It's like, you know, advertisers, stuff like that, like local televisions having a hard go of it. So it's just a different world. Do you think that, Maybe technology, the way it's progressed, is is part of the reason for that. I mean, I yeah. mean, look at this. I mean, we could set up this podcast and have it on every platform in right. less than an hour. For you know? sure. Yeah, that is definitely it. I talked before about all the competing things that radio uh, is facing. Mm -hmm. The one thing I think uh, radio has is, and this was always like the Ace and R hole, was that we're local and we're talking about local things. So when you listen to the morning show, you're going to hear about the Broncos. You're going to hear about what happened. Somebody stole some guy's car or whatever, along with all the national celebrity stuff and that, this, that, the other. So it's like, I do feel people want to be connected. So like right now at the party, they have a, a, a new morning show that's in from other, some other city. And they were doing this at flow. They, they piped in some show from Atlanta and so I don't think those ever work because people, like, you know, all the people that called in on that Atlanta station now talk like this. <laughs> so you know that's not a Denver station. And so, you know, it's like, I think just people, as far as radio is concerned, like it, that that's the one thing that radio can offer is the local take. And, you know, if you have a good show and, you know, but like, you know, there's like a lot of morning shows here now that are just like meh and they don't have any juice like when we left as a morning show larry kendall and kathy nobody stepped in and replaced us there wasn't this great morning show or like oh man the alice morning show really picked up the slack and they're great you know no they all suck um but Tony, i mean don't take offense I, I, to that yeah but i mean I, I mean like the thing is i've always been that way like i've been very competitive in radio and so i'm i, I haven't been like the most popular guy i would say because i i will call it like it is like i just think other morning shows suck compared to ours. And I would say it a lot. And so I don't think I made any, like a lot of friends that way. And I was also very competitive in radio. We we're talking about that too. It's like, I hated the other stations. And like, I think that was something we were taught, like, or just that it's kind of like prevalent in radio anyway. It's like kind of okay to go to the other station that you're against and set up across the street and tell them to screw off or whatever. And we were laughing. It's like, you really don't see TV stations doing that. You don't see Channel 9 parked across from Fox 31 going, screw you, right. I suck. <laughs> um, so, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of the way radio has been, the radio that I grew up in. It was just, you know, very, you know, competitive. And the other thing is, not a lot of people know this, is that radio paid, paid, past tense, so much better than television. Like, like really? you would, like you would definitely like get your like Adele Arkawas who have big contracts and your big names, your big anchors, your Kim Christian, Kim Christensen and stuff like that, and maybe your meteorologists. Um, but for the most part, anchors and reporters make nothing. 
And they would see what we made and they'd be like, what the hell? They'd be like, how's radio people making so much more? And it's just a different medium. It's like, you know, to have a morning show that people just automatically click on every morning is what you want. And so it's like, I think people are more apt to have a relationship with the radio morning show than they are with maybe their TV morning show. Like, I mean, I watch Kirk Yonke and uh, I have a huge crush on him. Um, uh, and you know, like that's part of my routine to a certain degree, but not like the relationship that I had with the morning shows that I grew up listening to. Right. You know what I mean? And I can agree with that. I, for the longest time, I didn't listen to radio for the music. I felt like a lot of songs just got too much airtime. Oh, oh no. The, three the, times an hour. <laughs> the, the playlist that, that was always the hardest thing to work with was the fact that the, the rotations were so tight and it got to the point where, like, like it literally was an issue for me to the point where I was like, dude, people tell me all the time, why do you play the same damn 10 songs in a row? I hear it all the time. People call and say it. People email. I was like, what are we doing? And I learned that, first of all, that wasn't my area of expertise. Sure. I'm to be funny, and I don't have any idea what should be in what rotation, how often. But... When KS was at its peak, we were still doing those tight rotations. And that is a byproduct of the fact that the mass audience in radio listens in a 15 to 20 minute commute. And they want to hear their song in that commute, no matter when their commute is. Okay. So that's why the rotations are tight. They're never going to come out and say this, but radio was not designed terrestrial radio was not designed to just turn it on and listen all day even though that's what they want you to do sure because you're going to kill yourself because hearing a lot of commercials but you're also hearing the same songs over and over so i have a high burn rate for repetitive music i can hear if i love a song i want to hear it 20 times in a row sure but not a lot of people are like me so that was always something that i had i actually had to let that go because i was like so trying to make that point to every boss and say, why, why are those rotations so tight? And then the ratings would come out and we were number one. And so I was like, I need to stop because, and, and any station that would go, Hey, we have more choice. We have more variety. They would never, they would go down in the ratings. So the more songs you play, the looser you'd get with your, you tighten, you'd untighten that up. Your ratings would go down. Okay. So there is a method to the madness. There's a science behind it. And I've heard since day one I was in radio, you guys play the same songs over and over to the last day I worked in radio. So it is what it is. And maybe that's kind of what why radio is facing kind of what it is because you can throw on a Pandora or an XM and the rotations aren't as tight. Mm -hmm. But if you go to any station in the country... And that's popular. You're going to go, why do they play the same songs over and over? Right. And I guess where I was going with that is I completely understand that it was, but when I would turn on the radio in the morning, it was mainly just to hear your guys' show. Right. For you sure. Know, and right. people would, people would stomach the repetition or even stomach the format. Like, cause there were some people that were like, I don't like rap and I love your show. Mm -hmm. So there were some people that were like toughing it out just because they wanted to hear what we were going to say next. But then we were losing listeners too, because then there were some people that were like, nope, can't listen to that same song again. Like there was just one song that would be like too much for them. And they're like, you played every 10 minutes. Well, and I'm a, I'm an eighties baby. So I, I like the old school stuff, Bro, you know, for sure. the Snoop, the Eminem, the Dr. Dre, sure. the Ice Cube. So a lot of this new rap, I'm not really into. Right. Right. And that, that's another thing that we dealt with is, um, you know, everybody's got an opinion on the artists and stuff like that. And what I had noticed over the years is that when you started to say things like, oh, these new rappers suck, or oh, they ain't like Eminem or it ain't like Snoop, you're older. You're, getting, you're, you're switching demos mm -hmm. as a person. And so, but you're 100% sure that your rappers are better than theirs. But what I tell people is when you were at your, that age, nobody was going to tell you that the older people were better than your people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So in other words, nobody was going to tell you that Sugar Hill Gang was better than Snoop Dogg. You're like, right. what? <laughs> so like, so yeah, like it, it, it's that thing where, and, and that was something I had to fight too. But I mean, it's like, I love current music so much that I was just like, I was down for all the new rappers and the way that it was headed, even though it was auto-tuned this, that the other, I was still just enjoying the hits. 
And there's some people that were just like, oh, it ain't what it was anymore and whatever. And so I think it's more of a sign of how how old you are versus, you know, the state of radio or whatever. Because, you know, there's always going to be a shift. Like, it's just weird to think that Eminem isn't putting out hits, even though he should be or he could right. be. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. kind of like, it's just weird. Um, and again, like, there's Eminem, Eminem's never been replaced. You know what I mean? There's been a couple good rappers here and there, but nobody's ever came and taken that seat. You know right. what I mean? So it's kind of like you always think, oh, here comes the next flood of artists or whatever. And, you know, they're basically talking to the 18-year-old of that generation. So you got like, you know, every artist kind of goes through that that machine where it's kind of like, oh, people didn't like Lil Wayne. And like people didn't like, you know, Wiz Khalifa or whatever. And then it's just, you know, it ends up being what it is. And people end up, you know, society kind of deems what's a hit, what's popular, even especially now with like TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's like there's some stations now that are playing just all TikTok songs. Right. And and I don't know how that's working for them because I enjoy it. Uh, I listen to on um, Alexa, I'll say, hey, play um, Top 40. And all the, there, there's actually on XM a uh, TikTok station. Really? Yeah. So they, and it's weird because all those songs are different genres. Like you got that. I play them on our podcast in between songs. I play all the little TikTok dance songs that are super popular just because I like them. I'm like, that's how I hear my new songs now is on TikTok. Right. And I noticed that you use the trending sounds. For sure. And that's because your TikTok bled into my Instagram and then it got me hooked on TikTok. So it's kind of like, I I am like open-minded to all the new. You know I mean? There's some people that are like, eh, screw that dumb TikTok, that's stupid. That's a sign of an old person. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It's like, um, it's like there's people that I worked with in the industry, and I was like, "Aren't you going to get a Facebook page?" And they're all, "No, I don't want to do that." Stupid. And I was like, "Okay." And then you're like, "Wow, you're just missing the whole thing." And then it's like now Instagram then became a little more popular than Facebook, and then TikTok's becoming more popular than Instagram. So it's kind of like these trends you follow, but. There are some people that just got off the bus at a certain age, and that's just going to be them, you know what I mean? Right, and I think for a lot of uh, celebrities and people in the industry, if they didn't jump on that bandwagon right now, or I mean back then when it started, they're having a hard time now. Oh, for sure. And I was talking to uh, Chris Taylor Brown, he's the front man of Trapped, uh, last week, and he was saying that they were on Facebook, but they never took social media to its full potential. And he regrets that so much. And now right. he's trying to do it through TikTok. And he's like, yeah, I'm up to 90,000 followers. But, I mean... He should have like 3 million. Exactly. I mean, right. Trapped was huge, especially in the early 2000s, you know. Right, so, right, right. Um, I think a lot of people may say something stupid at the time and then regret it later. Oh, and- yeah, they scoff at it. It's like, it's almost kind of like old people who don't know how to work computers and stuff. You're mm-hmm. kind of like... You're like, oh, you should learn how to work this. Oh, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to mess with that. And you're like, okay. So now they're the people that have to call us when they need something simple. Like now, click right. Now hit yes. You know what I mean. So, yeah, it's crazy. If you if you scoff at something, then it could be your undoing. And social media is definitely one of those things. And I, I'm always on Kathy. I'm like, oh my god, we gotta like get you and the girls to do this little TikTok dance. She's like, no, I don't want to do it. stupid. I was like, oh, okay, sorry for me trying to make you relevant. Right. I know you just want to go on your talk show and cry. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, well, I appreciate you having me on, man. I mean, um, I uh, am always down to be on other people's podcasts or have them be on ours. Yeah, man. And so maybe next time we can have Kathy come by. Sure. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate you, uh, kind of like taking it and going with it. Like a lot of people are podcasting now, but it's kind of like, it's almost like the, ver- uh, the old version of, oh, I'm in a band or I'm a rapper. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a lot of, you're seeing a lot of people start podcasts, but not finish them. Right. So it's nice to see somebody like, just keep pursuing it. Like you're doing it and doing, doing it because it kind of like, is the to me, and I told Tony this when he was on. I was like, it's kind of cooler to say you have a podcast than you're on the radio. Yeah, it kind of is, and it's kind of, uh, especially if that podcast is you know you make sure that the podcast is good and it's got good content and you know the uh, like I would still venture to say that our podcast is better than the other morning shows in town. You know, yeah. I mean? oh yeah, I agree, hundred percent, actually. So, and yeah. I um, 
you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on. And that was my whole idea behind this podcast is I think I got into TikTok about a year ago um, during the pandemic and I actually blew out my knee. So I was laid up from surgery and that's when I kind of got introduced to it. And I enjoyed it so much just because there's so many creative minds and talent out there. Yeah. And I was like, man, I really want to get to know this person for who they are, not just what I'm seeing. Right. So I, I spent months and months coming up with this idea and putting it all together. And I want to give all these creators fans a chance to really get to know these people who aren't, you know, famous movie stars or musicians. And because I feel that today's day and age that the creators on social media are the new celebrities to these kids. They look up to them more oh, no. than everybody it's, else. It's insane. Like I was saying that maybe one of the ways to salvage radio is to hire all these kids that have these million followers. Uh, and, and there are some people that are actually putting shows together with, you know, some in talk, TikTok influencers. Uh, but then again, you know, you have to be able to hold an audience versus like, you know, your five second dance or whatever. Sure. So just because you're clever at editing and you can make some cool videos doesn't mean that you're have something to say. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I, um, I, I'm dabbling more and more in TikTok every day and I'm like really trying to use the tools and edit the videos right. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Use those effects and stuff. So, I mean, I'm just like, I'm ahead of Wiggins on it for sure. Okay. And he's the you know, video master, but he's so busy doing all these other things that I'm kind of really trying to inhale as much as TikTok as I can. I really want to find somebody who's really good at making the videos and editing with using those effects so I can learn that better. So if you know anybody or if that's you. I'm your guy, man. Oh, nice. So yeah, because like, you know, you obviously you scroll and you see like uh, the thing that I hate about TikTok is the the four or five guys in the bathroom that are looking like Justin Bieber giving the pouty lips and they're all right. doing the little dances. And I'm like, it just kind of like it makes me, I don't know, I hate it like a boy band, but then I love boy bands. Sure. So and I've also found out if I hate something, I actually secretly love it. Uh-huh. So it's like I hated Taylor Swift when she came out. I was like, ooh, country bumpkin, whatever. Right. And then now I love her. I do too. Uh, same with Katy Perry. Mm -hmm. I was like kind of fighting her and and love her. So it was like the TikTok. Oh, and yeah, I wasn't like a big fan of the Jonas Brothers or One Direction. I was kind of like, eh, like I just kind of preferred my genre. But then secretly, I guess I really did like them. So it's kind of like, those TikTokers, man, they just like, I hope they're embarrassed later when they, these videos play later when they're all, cause it's like, you're literally five guys in a bathroom mirror practicing over and over till you get these videos, right? So you're spending a ton of rehearsal time and I guess it's paying off for them because I saw a couple of them at a big movie premiere uh -huh. uh, and the, you know, they're the new celebrities, like you said. Yeah. So if anything, I'm probably just jealous of the fact that they have that <laughs> 20 year old skin and the boy band look. But it also kind of makes me want to throw up. <laughs> well, and when I got into it, there was no way I was going to expose myself to some weird dance or <laughs> anything like that. So my content is strictly um, right. taking movie scenes and okay. then I cut it and add myself into it. Oh, that's hilarious. And and it's it's a lot of fun. And that's, you know, I wasn't going to do the typical TikTok I stuff. I know, but you got to do some of those dances. They're way but, too cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for me personally. Well, yeah, I know. But like, here's the thing. It's like when you see a couple like of the like the 20 year olds on there and they're like, you know, they're really good looking and everything. Then you're like, oh, wait a minute. There's a 50 year old lady doing the dance with her daughters. So you're like, <laughs> it covers the gamut. It's not, oh, it's not necessarily like, you know, like. It's for everybody. TikTok sure. really is for everybody, and everybody's got a platform. We have, I have a friend. Um, she's the cutest daughter, and she basically just posted a, a video of her daughter covering their cat with a blanket. Mm -hmm. It was real cute. Four million views. Wow. Yeah, so it's like you never know what's going to hit. Right. You can spend all this time on trying to make something hit, and then something as random as your daughter putting a blanket on a cat gets four million. So right. it's kind of cool. Yeah, and that's honestly what kind of happened with me. It was... I, I started posting my stuff. I didn't think just because I wasn't doing the, the typical tip TikTok thing. Uh -huh. uh, and I mean, I have 112,000 followers, so I must Hell have yeah. some liking, Hell you yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. so I, I'm going to, I'm going to take you up on that learning how to edit on TikTok. Yeah, man. And I can, once we're off here, I could show you For some sure. of my stuff, but yeah. Right on. Um, well, but, 
again, thanks for having me on, dude. dude. Thank you so it. much, man. And I thanks mean... for coming to the the old room studios. It's kind of easier for me um, to do it here, but next time I promise Kathy will be here. No, and that's fine. I mean, I, I'm super ecstatic just to have you on the show, and Appreciate I know it, everybody is, and um, it's been so much fun. I'm super glad to be <laughs> here. I mean, it's cool to see someone else's studio. You know, yeah, usually yeah. it's just me with a green screen right. in the back and a, my computer. Right. So this is a lot of fun, man, and I I, I appreciate it so much. You For truly sure. are a Colorado legend, oh, and thanks, man. and um, I I look forward to everything you have coming up in the future. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Same with you. I definitely, um, we'll definitely like hang out, and you can your tiktok ways and we'll stay in touch <laughs> of course but, uh, yeah i'd love to be on your podcast anytime let me know all right man thank you okay was i right or was i right i mean how awesome was that episode larry like i told you he is freaking amazing he was so fun, and yes, uh, we are going to get together and uh, work on that TikTok stuff, but you heard it for yourself. I mean, what a great guy, and everything you heard is him being genuine. It's not an act. That is who he is on and off the air. I know you guys enjoyed this. I enjoyed it, and I'm excited to have him back on one day, and I really want to take this time to thank all of my listeners. You guys have made this journey and it's just beginning, but you have made it so amazing for me. And I can't believe all the positive feedback I'm getting and all the people listening. It's blowing my mind. It's blowing my fucking mind. And I just really want to thank you guys. And from the bottom of my heart and really it's, it's, this is amazing. And this, I'm having so much fun and uh, I could really see myself doing this forever but thank you all, and I hope you really enjoyed this episode. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt you did. So please, you know, continue to listen. I'm going to have more amazing guests on the show. And, you know, I'm doing this. I love it, but I'm doing this for you guys. And I want to be that guy that makes you laugh and makes you smile and brings entertainment to your world. And so far, I feel like I'm doing that. So once again, thank you all to my listeners. And have a great day, and we will see you next week. Tick-tocking with Kevin Hughes.